The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Orange County, are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now, on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone telling you the truth about what really goes on in Orange County politics. And while some listeners think my opinions are mean, I can tell you they're just right. Join me today while I fight against the evils of Larry Agron and Beth Crom and Michael Schroeder and Susan Kang Schroeder. And just remember, folks, there's three things you can count on in Orange County. The sun shining 354 days of the year, expensive lattes, and expensive SUVs. Bam, baby. Welcome to the show. I am Cameron Jackson. This is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And I am happy to be here today. I have a wonderful guest in studio, but before I get to my in-studio guest, let's talk about a little bit of the house cleaning stuff here in uh, the studio. If you are just joining us and you're in your car and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your car, please feel free to go to KUCI.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner for your streaming audio. Also, you can go to my website anytime you'd like, theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. You can listen to streaming audio of a past shows, see upcoming shows, etc., etc. I must let you know, too, uh, next week on the show, you will not want to miss it. We have a new Irvine City Council uh, man or potential Irvine City Councilman candidate, Jeff Lalloway, will be on the show next week to talk about his run for City Council. Um, and today, I am graced once again with one of my favorite politicians. I can't say that about very many of them, but she is one of my favorites. She's been on the show several times over the past, gosh, I've been doing this now since 2004, so almost six years on and off. I think this is maybe her third or fourth time in studio with me, Christina Shea, Irvine City Councilwoman. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you, Cameron. I'm very pleased to be here once again. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about because there was big news recently here in Irvine. Well, a couple of things. One, I sent out the email to my listeners that this is your, your quasi-exit interview. So we'll be talking about because you are, you are termed out yes. and you will be leaving 
when is it over? November? The end of November, yes. They, they seat the new council um, in, I think, the first week or second week in December. So uh, we'll talk about uh, your tenure there at the uh, city council, some of the things that you uh, got accomplished, some of the, your, your proudest moments and maybe uh, your uh, lowliest despairs. I don't know if you want to go there or who knows. I but, think the latter is probably more what I'll be discussing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before that, though, uh, you know, we have this great park that is uh, has been touted as really the next best thing to Jesus Christ by Larry Agron for the past, oh my gosh, what are we on, like seven years, eight years now that this yeah, has been going? Yeah, since Measure W in 2002. Oh wow, so we're going eight years now. Mm-hmm. We've been on this now, and, and a lot of people have been asking the question, well, where is the Great Park? And we've had two uh, grand jury reports, civil grand jury, not criminal grand jury reports that have been out, mm-hmm. the most recent uh, of which kind of talks about and discusses uh, how the Great Park was presented to the public, how it has thus far been paid for in kind of a shell game tactic, and how the repayment of those loans could occur, uh, may occur. We're not quite sure on that. And then it talks about um, kind of going forward and where we're at. So you've been a part of this basically from the beginning, haven't you? Yes, I have. Actually, I was around in the the 90s, as you know, as the mayor of the city. I was elected in 92. Then I became the mayor in 96. And during this whole period of time is when the base closure began at El Toro. Um, I think it was in 1993. And so consequently, I've been around the entire cycle. I've been uh, in Irvine eight. Well, I've lived here 35 years, but I've been on the council off and on for 16 years. It's been my privilege. And so I have a, a pretty... A good history, a good memory of what's been done, what we have promised, what has not been fulfilled. And so I become a thorn in the side of a few folks on the city council, particularly our chairman, because I, I remember a lot of promises that were made um, by the chairman. And then, of course, over the course of uh, the last eight years, we've seen some real different Well, and movement. I think one of, the, one of the big promises from the beginning and, the, and one of the things that the grand jury report discusses in detail is that Larry has said from the beginning, no new taxes were going to be used to create this park. That's correct. And now it looks like, according to the grand jury report, that's not the case. So t- tell us about that. Actually, I brought a quote with me, and I'd like to refer to it. It's from a, a newspaper article in 2003, and it's a quote by Mr. Agron. It says, the fact of the matter is the deal does not rely on federal, state, or local taxpayers. Orange County can expect hundreds of millions of dollars of benefit without any additional burden. All the naysayers, doubters, professional pessimists will have to acknowledge after today that we've delivered on our promise. He said, referring to the criticism that taxpayers would have to foot the bill for the so-called Great Park. And, and before we get into the, into the tax portion of it, too, what was the original amount that this Great Park was going to cost us? Well, you know, that has been all over the board, but in 2003, um, Councilmember Agrin with um, our consultant Ford and Mulrick, I, I believe they came up with the price, they were looking at around $300 million. Um, I mean, we can't even put the infrastructure in to the Great Park um, and around in the private areas for any, probably close to $300 million. so to develop the park itself... I mean, they were just delusionary at the time, and consequently, over the course of years, they've they've um, changed their position. The price has gone up, and 
In today's dollars, we're looking at $1.6 billion to build the park with this design that in fact costs close to $46 million, uh, but the design is uh, clearly uh, designed with any, without any runways in it, and that's, of course, a whole other promise that has failed to come to being. And uh, But now Councilmember Agron and Lennar are basically saying, well, you know, I think having the runways in there creates a history for us, uh, but nowhere in this park design do you see any runways. So it's just a, it's been a shell game for the last four or five years. So... Let me get this straight. So in 2003, they said it was 300 million to build this park. Yeah, approximately. And, approximately, right. and now there's it's the the grand jury report is saying 1.6 billion. Now Larry yes. Agron he says no, 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 it's 1.2 billion. But I mean, at, at this stage in the game, for me, I'm like 1.2, 1.6. No, I mean, it's, it's all. It's all the same. We had extensive review by this Bovis um, group, independent um, engineers, and and um, and they did a land review. It was probably about a year and a half ago. Uh, the cost and basis for to build to build the park with the specific design created by Ken Smith, and they said clearly it's 1.6 billion in today's dollars. I mean, we're not even looking at building anything, but now we're down to just putting in 150 acres of agricultural land so we can give free vegetables to, you know, families in Orange County, and then a lot of green area, and that's basically what we have, and we've spent or allocated $230 million. We have $20 million left, uh, and I don't know, out of $20 million, how we expect to even build. That That does not cover the cost to, to put in the infrastructure, the sewers, the piping, the water lines, uh, within the 1,400 acres. We don't even have money for that. And, and the $230 million, the $230 million that was allocated, that came from Lennar initially. Is that correct? Initially, yes. That was um, one of the promises by Lennar, the development fees to um, for them to be able to purchase the base at the price of, I think it was $670 million. They were required to give us $200 million, which they have followed through on that particular promise, and it's all been spent or allocated to this point. Yeah, I, I'm looking, so I know we had spent four, we had 230 allocated, $230 million allocated. We have $20 million left now. Now, I can see that we had, what, $46 million was spent on Ken Smith to design it. Approximately. Approximately. Yeah, these, and these are contractors, and, and yeah, exactly. Right, so. but, but I'm like 190, what's, where's the $190 million? Actually, I say $170 million. Where's that gone? Well, a lot of the money has gone to um, contractors, multiple layers and layers of contractors, engineers. I, I mean, the process has really been mind-boggling to I, know that so much money has gone to many of these no-bid contracts. You know, we're paying our public relations firm, Fort Amalric, $120,000 a month. Uh, to promote a park that's not even built. I mean, when you move into construction, generally speaking, you're not sending out, you know, beautiful mailers talking about um, what we're doing. But it's just a continual. Um, uh, on the hundred, uh, when you say like contractors, engineers, and I mean, are these all legitimate purchases that that we've made over these last eight years for this 170 million that's been spent? Well, in, in my in my perspective, it's just redundant work. I I really believe that we could have saved a heck of a lot of money if we had done this with uh, bid contracts. Um, I, I would have done this process completely differently. And so consequently, there's a lot of very wealthy engineers and contractors out there. And what do we have for it? And I think we need to look at that. Yeah. Well, what are we looking at after spending 
and we've already spent at least 120 million and then the rest is allocated for this next western sector which is just really to build the agricultural property and some green space and i think one or two soccer fields um I don't even know if we're going to have any permanent bathrooms over there. Maybe one on a corner, uh, but most of them are. Have, we've been using outhouses over there, so the money's gone. All right, that's um, <laughs> that's a little disheartening. It's very disheartening. I mean, who so, could spend that kind of money in four years and not see something more substantial? So we see now. Uh, we we have a brief picture now of kind of what's been spent and how we think it's been spent. Do we have a lot of work product to show for the 120 million that has been spent? Well, I'll other leave, than the balloon, I'll leave leave it up to your audience. I think if you would go out there, you're going to see pretty much a base that's been, you know, there's been big orange circles painted on the on the entrance of old concrete and on old, you know, runway space. Uh, we d- we are tearing down some old buildings, of course, and that that's substantial. But going into construction, no, we have a, a pad for the balloon, and we will be looking at the western sector being built, and that's, um, I think that's like the fifth change we've made over the last couple of years. But you'll see mostly land developed. You're not going to see major buildings developed. It's just that, you know, we just aren't doing that because the infrastructure, which you almost always, when you're building a construction site, you start underground. You put your sewers in, your water lines in, your electric in, because we don't have the money to do that. And and Lennar is being sued by um, Forest Lawn presently. They're not following through with their infrastructure. We're supposed to come in to the park and stub up to the park, the mm. 1,400 acres. But then we have the responsibility to build that. So we should really be building from underground up. We're just trying to create a picture that things are really moving. We have a lot of fun parties. You know, we, we had a ice skating rink. As you know, that was a, a sad situation, a temporary ice rink out there. Someone fell and suing us for $40 million dollars. Which, again, brings me to the point that I was very concerned about the um, Great Park Corporation. In 2006, the grand jury argued that we should not have basically gutted the corporation and made a department of the city, which Larry Beth and Suki. All right. Now, wait. We're going to get – we're getting way – I know. We're getting way – I know. It really is so convoluted. No, it is. It, it absolutely is because there's just so many different facets of this, mm-hmm. which I think is somewhat by design. I mean, I think Larry likes to have all these convoluted comp- – uh, very complicated eye glazing things going on so that the public can't keep track of what he's doing but but before i we get let's get back to the taxes part because okay, okay, sure. <laughs> because that's where we were going before okay. we went down this path of what we spent and where we're where we're at okay so he said in the beginning larry said in the beginning no new taxes and now mm-hmm. it looks like we have what's called a cfd if you could explain what that is and then how that as best you can, and I'll help guide this where I can, on what the CFD is for these new houses that are going to be built at the Great Park and what people are going to have to pay in addition to what they would normally pay if they live somewhere else in Irvine. Okay, sure. I I mean, as I said, the history has been, the promise was to to the public when the park originally was, you know, the land was purchased by Lennar, was the fact that the developer would be paying for the cost of all of this um, development at the Great Park and there would be no burden on the taxpayers, federal, state, or local. Of course, that is not the issue anymore. A CFD is is actually a Melarus. Many people in the newer parts of the county understand what a Melarus is. It was created back in the 80s, as I recall, or a little bit sooner. But it is at, um, at a point when government no longer could afford to build the local streets. Particularly a good example in Irvine is we're, we're built in villages. 
And um, I think there was a time, like in Woodbridge and some of the other older areas, that the that the city helped participate in that. They don't have Woodbridge does not have a Melarus, but I live in Quail Hill. We have a Melarus, and that CFD Melarus is Community Facilities District is created by the by the helping with the city helps put it together, but the developer. Um, accepts the, the burden and then passes it on to the new homeowners. And so when the new homeowners move in, let's focus on the Great Park, if they're building 4,000 homes there, the homeowner will be paying for association fees. They'll be paying their 1% on their property tax annually, which is the 1% of what they paid for the home. And the CFD Melarus is on top of that. It's usually, in most areas, a 06 so your tax would be 1.6% annually. And that 0.6 CFD Melarus covers your local streets. It covers building a local school, it, putting in the sewers, the infrastructure, the lighting in your particular community. What's interesting about this CFD that we have not seen through the city, and I think too many other places, um, and I'm doing some research on that, is that, in fact, the suggestion is, is that the homes at the Great Park will be ha- um, a an additional burden of CFD, maybe a 0.2.3% will be added to their Melarus, so which will talking, go to the Great Park for development. So we're talking it would be 1.6 and then with a 0.2 or 0.3 added on top of that. So they'd really be paying 1.8 to 1.9. Or even up to 2%, We or 2.2 points, I'm sorry, for um, their home, their local benefit, which anyone else in a new community would pay, but they're also going to be burdened with contributing to the, the development and operation of the Great Park, which is a regional park. I believe that there could be a uh, legal concern about this because um, I know that the homeowners have a right to read the paperwork before they sign for the home. But in fact, I don't know really if CFDs were ever created to be be used, um, portions of it, to pay for a regional park. Generally, the description is to pay for your local amenity and needs that you have to, to create your local village. Wow, so they're kind of going into a gray area with this, mm-hmm. and, and I'm yes. not quite sure then if they're, if people who are going to be living in the Great Park area are going to have to pay an additional 0.2 to 0.3% more than the rest of us, how can that not be a new tax? Well, first of all, a CFD is an instrument, Melarus is an instrument, is a, an older instrument, it's, you know, 20 years old. The point is anyone moving into a new home, they become a new homeowner, they have a new tax, and that new tax they start to pay, in, in my perspective, and I think many others, it is a new tax. So um, I, I don't think anyone can argue that these dollars are new tax dollars that will go to, that will go to the development of the park. If you're just joining us, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is The OC Show. I am Cameron Jackson, the host here every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. My guest today is... Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea, one of the longtime uh, friends of the show here. She's been in here several times. You know, um, we've got so much to talk about. I'm not even quite sure I'm going to take a break today, if that's okay with you. <laughs> I wonder if I could just follow up on that one one thought about the CFDs. The, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the problem that I've brought up in the past, and I think that was raised several years ago, we have not voted to implement the CFD yet because the market flattened out and no one was building. But the problem is, is that if you're going to be selling homes in the Great Park area, 
that will cost 0.3% or even 0.4% more than any other home in the area, you're going to have a lot of difficulty trying to sell those homes. Um, people aren't going to want to buy them. They're not going to want to have that extra tax unless somehow that park gets you know, built a miracle within the next four to five years and it becomes a huge benefit to live near the park. Generally speaking, the market... The marketplace will drive homeowners in other areas of the city, and I think Lennar is going to have a heck of a time trying to sell those homes. And I think what we should talk about, too, well, before we can really talk about the loan payment, we kind of have to talk about the origins of the loan payment to begin with. And this is one of the more striking things. When I read through the grand jury report, which is not very long, actually the grand jury report I think is like 23 pages of substance, there is a... What they make out to be is is uh, a, a pyramid scheme. I mean, it looks like a pyramid, right? And it, and it almost when I first is, saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, what are they doing? <laughs> right, and, and, and really, it's kind of a circular scheme too. But when the Great Park was created, uh, the, you have the city of Irvine that created a Great Park special fund at the top. Then you have the city of Irvine down in the lower left of this of this uh, triangle, if you want to call it that. And then you have an Irvine Redevelopment Agency, which is over on the right-hand side of this triangle. And essentially what happened was the city of Irvine, through the Great Park Fund, loaned the Irvine Redevelopment Agency $134 million. And with that, the redevelopment agency gave the city of Irvine the $130 million. Mm-hmm. Then the city of Irvine, in for that $135 million, received 35 acres of land at the Great Park area. The redevelopment agency received the land. Right. They, they paid, yes. Right. And then, and then the city of Irvine then gives the $134 million back to the city of Irvine's Great Park Special Fund. Mm-hmm. And th- <laughs> and and now the Irvine Redevelopment Agency has to repay the city of Irvine the $134 million. And 9% interest. At 9% interest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry. This, what, <laughs> I mean, you have to see this to believe it. Yeah, it's, it was, when it first came before us, uh, Stephen Choi and I voted against it. I, I said, this just looks like a Ponzi scheme. And I don't, I can't understand how this can even rationally be accepted as something real um, by state law. I mean, I know the RDA can create, can create debt, but you're just, you're just taking money and moving it from one account back in, back out. You're I, giving land to I mean, the RDA. I, I mean, essentially it's Cameron Jackson creating a business and then, I cycle money between myself and the business in a mm-hmm, big circle. Mm-hmm. It, it was real difficult. It went through all our different commissions. And, and the one reason that I finally voted for the process um, was the fact that I was of the understanding that because we're going to make 9% on the loan and we would be making money, all the monies would be put back, the land would be developed. Uh, I, I eventually agreed to it, but it took me months to, you know, and time to really go through this and understand the process of what was happening. I still, uh, go ahead. Well, and, and having said that, though, mm-hmm. did you know at the time, because they discussed this in great detail in the grand jury report, the language that has been written into the repayment of the loan basically states that, hey, unless nothing's going on, uh, they don't have to repay it. Well, the problem is is that our attorneys, even during our budget process a couple months ago, when I brought this up, which is the really the hallmark of the problem here, is is the fact that they said, well, you know, we were just talking about the last couple years or the, a remnant of that money that might be due. And then when we, so I thought, well, okay, most of it's going to be paid back. Um, 
and but they've argued again that in this report when we have the response from our attorneys they're basically stating now emphatically that law allows us to not have to repay it and in fact we are not going to repay it and so i said well if i had even known that because that was always my question you're taking public land and you're giving it away you're that we're expecting the money back if you don't repay it then in fact you've taken 35 acres of irvine the present day irvine residence property and given it away for free the other argument i have is then in fact it wasn't a loan which the rda has to argue that you know you borrowed money and you have to pay it back if in fact you can it's just really a gift does that really come you know follow rda law so I think the grand jury has really touched on a really big, um, a really important issue. And when the attorneys in our, their report the other night came out and basically stated that it does not and it by law wouldn't have to be paid back, because I had asked that I wanted the language tightened up to make sure it's very clear that this must be paid back, they're saying no. So I told them if it had come to me at that point and you'd answered it this way when we voted on it, I would have opposed it. The second time. Right. If you're just joining us, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show with me, Cameron Jackson, your host. Let's do this. Uh, my guest today is Irvine City Councilman Christina Shea. We're talking about the Great Park and this grand jury report that just came out about it. Let's take a quick break. We'll recollect our thoughts on this because I'm telling you, the, there's just so much going. <laughs> it is very rich. It's, it's good stuff. Um, uh, we'll come back. And we'll follow up some more on some of the things that they spoke about at the city council meeting this week, uh, some of the issues that were brought up by the city staff, because the city actually has to respond to the grand jury report within, what, like 90 days, something to that we effect. We did on Tuesday night. That was our discussion. Right. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about that, and then uh, we'll get into the, uh, the last few days here of, of uh, <laughs> Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea's uh, tenure as a councilwoman. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the OC Show with Cameron Jackson. So remember, the opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with me do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. That's right, baby, and just remember... I am your Superman, baby. All right. Enough of the ego here today. Let's bring this back down. My guest today in studio with me is Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea. Christina, thank you again for being on the show here today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Yes, get up close to that microphone for me so everybody can hear you. Uh, Christina has been uh, nice enough to come in today to talk about uh, the most recent grand jury report that has um, been created by the grand jury about the Great Park and some of the ways that it has been funded. Uh, how the grand, uh, you know, it was initially said that the Great Park was not going to incur taxes on the citizens, and yet now it looks like it is. And uh, essentially we're also going to talk about the fact that uh, we're in the last few days here of uh, Councilwoman Christina Shea's uh, tenure here with the uh, council. She's been uh, termed out, which is an absolute fascinating thing to me. Was this, I have to, on a side note, 
Was this by accident or by design? Larry Agron gets third place, which gives him the two-year term, which resets his term limits so that he can run again for another four-year term. Did he do that on purpose? Did he muddy himself up on purpose <laughs> last go-around so he would be third place to get that that gift? No, I, I don't think so. It's just the way we're structured um, that, that he won the two-year seat, not the four-year seat. But because it's not a full four-year seat, he would have been termed out in two more years and had to take a break like I did. Um, or he could have run for mayor. There's kind of a cyclical term limit thing going on, a revolving door term limit um, process. We really need to change that, I believe, in term limits. I think they're important for people to step aside. Uh, I, I really think he should have just said he wasn't going to run this term and took some time off. And if he wanted to come back, that would have been fine. But... From a real pure standpoint, uh, he said he's for term limits, but he doesn't follow them. No, well, of course not. No, he's he's <laughs> coming back, raring to go, baby. And we'll talk about that uh, towards the end here. So we the grand jury report came out and essentially said that there's some problems with the Great Park. And they, they make it so the city actually has to respond to the grand jury report within, what, 60 days, 90 days, whatever yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. And the city came up with a response to it. And you discussed that this week at the council meeting. Can you give us a an overview of what what the basic responses were to the grand jury report? Well, basic response, um, the simplest response was it's similar to what what was responded in two thousand six. Um, we don't we don't care about what you're saying. We don't we don't want to hear your criticism. And in fact, we don't agree with your criticism. Here's the reason why. And there was a lot of a, a spinning going on um, with our responses as far as I'm concerned and they were very aggressive responses and of course I voted against the letter going to the grand jury I think there were many areas that we should have responded positively to this you know voluntary a voluntary group that uh, works for the benefit of the public in the county and I think they raised some very critical concerns I supported not all of them but many of them and uh, basically the city said, sorry, Larry Beth and Suki Kang said no. Um, and in fact, Stephen Choi supported the letter, though I think he had real concerns about some of the comments. Um, it, they just basically said, no, sorry, we don't, we, we don't care about your, your concerns, and that's it. Well, yeah, I, I listened to it. And one of the things that I thought was funny was, was Larry said that the grand jury report was ideological, anti-redevelopment, and confused. And uh, Beth Crom seemed to be very uh, concerned that there were grammatical errors and that there was, <laughs> there was uh, that that the report seemed to be on the edge of getting personal with certain council members. Well, they so, were very personal. They mentioned Larry, uh, Councilmember Agron, several times because of his promise well, about re not raising taxes. So I think that was very appropriate. She did state. Well, and he's she, at the center. I mean, I he's know. running this thing. How can he's they the not talk? Yeah, I mean, yes. how can they not talk? He's head of the Chairman Great Park Board. He's head of of essentially the city council. I mean, he runs that city council, regardless of who's mayor. When Mrs. Crom basically stated that she said that it's uh, she she senses that it's in a, a political year and that it's a conspiracy against oh, right. her yeah, and others that. Yes. Uh, that are running for office. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, these these arguments um, from the grand jury and from I mean, I can't think of anyone on the right or in the left in the press have any they all agree that they're they can see the corruption that goes on here at the city council it's just that we can't seem to change it and that's what's so so sad well and here's one of the things too you know original plan and this is kind of i think in a way a, a form of corruption because we're being lied to the original plan called for 3600 homes and now because they need to bring in all this revenue 
They've they've said what? No to the golf course, no to the cemetery, and what do they want to put in that place? Houses. How many houses are we talking in addition? Well, we had original development agreement with Lennar. They came in because I they have, I, I know I've heard that they believe there's no way that this project will pencil out and what they paid for it and the money they gave to the city. So they've had to change the total dynamic so much of what the public use would be in the private sections, which is 46 holes of golf are now gone. Uh, Larry, Beth, and Suki have renegotiated the development agreement to the, to the benefit of Lennar and to the very troubling um, position I feel that will affect our, our, our community. They've wiped out the cemetery. They don't want a cemetery over there, which is something so many people wanted for years. And they've come in now with, instead of the 3,600 homes, they've asked for an additional, I think, 1,200, which would be um, for affordable homes. But my understanding, and, and that's the talk. 1,200 or 12,000. Well, they have asked for an additional 1,200 for affordability that mm. brought up the, the 3,600 to 48, which they're coming through with building permits fairly soon, we're hearing. Uh, but we're really told that they're going to come in and look at between twelve and 15,000 homes. I mean, our streets will be at gridlock. The Great Park will be a housing development, not a Great Park development. It won't have these great amenities that we believed would balance out the look of that community because the money just isn't there. They need these tax increments, these CFD taxes, to cover the infrastructure, to cover the cost, to make a profit, and also to help build the park. You know, we're, we're talking about... It's like a, Keystone Cops over there. Well, it's just a joke. And, and what I don't understand is this. Why can't... What's the rush now? Why, can't we scale this mm-hmm. back a bit? Can't we just... I mean, it's okay if it's empty land for a while. I mean, you know, Of course I, it is. And I mean, any most people would understand in this economy to, to have slowed down, not spent all this money, but really focused on sticking to, uh, you know, a master plan that would work. We had originally, with um, Dick Sim from the Irvine Company, myself, Chris Mears, and Mike Ward on the board, had always said we should start building the 165 acres in the southern end, which is the sports park. It would have generated so much tax dollars. We could have built a hotel, had international and national soccer, baseball. I mean, that's where this money should have gone. And instead, we're building, you know, we're, we're planning a huge agriculture to give, uh, um, property to, to give away free vegetables. It, it makes absolutely no sense. And, and consequently, we could have done that and still put money aside and waited till the economy turned around around and then worked on you know trying to get the monies for the infrastructure it has just been a huge hugely mismanaged project but we have three council people that have no jobs they don't work full-time they're not in the business world i don't think they really understand um and have the business mind to to, to develop this well, park it's all council, political right yeah. these council members are larry agron beth crom and yeah uh, they suki don't work King. i mean i know suki states many times that you know he's a you know a highly high level businessman but he doesn't work he works 24-7 at City Hall. He has for the last eight years. And I'm not trying to disparage that. The point is is that it's very difficult to have three people running this project, directing everyone, when they don't have a business background to understand how this really should be working. And anyone, Irvine Company major developer, would understand when the economy is slowing down, you slow down. The reason they're not slowing down is because it's political. They want the public to think that there's this facade up there, that we're moving forward, we're doing it in spite of everybody else not developing. The city of Irvine and the three of us have this under control, and they don't. And that's what's sad about it.
You know, let's let's shift gears just a moment. And on that same theme, though, uh, you know, we've got a new election coming up here. You're termed out. Yes. We've got a, a gentleman named Jeff Lalloway who's going to be on the show next week who, mm-hmm. who seems on the surface to be kind of a promising uh, replacement for you. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of your same ideals and values. He's and my whatnot. finance commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. And I've talked to him on a couple of occasions now, and I like I like what I see. Um, do we have a real threat this time, though, of Larry getting a, a supermajority on this? I mean, he already has a supermajority, but does I mean, you know, not, not if he not because I mean, here's the real yeah. fear that I have. You appointed Jeff Lalloway to the finance committee, yes. so there is some kind of a check and balance, at least on the finance committee, mm-hmm. uh, keeping you informed of what's going on. But if if you're gone and Jeff's not there, then and Larry gets his person in, uh, and he's got four people now running that council, uh, doing whatever it is they want to do. I, I'm a little worried for Irvine's sake at this point. I mean, we keep yes. seeing and hearing that Irvine is still giving away the eye shuttle. There's a lot of public services, like helping old people fill out medical forms, et cetera, et cetera, that the city is doing. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing and reading that the city is keeps dipping into its emergency funds to fund these things. In addition to that, we've got a great park now that has $20 million left. When am I going to hear now that the city's going to loan more money to the great park? I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little worried. Yeah, and, and that's my fear. We, we have an asset management plan, which is money that was set aside. And actually, under Larry's um, direction in the, in the late 80s and some of our finance um, people, we, we created this fund. It's, it has about $65 million in it. But a new policy was just created, and that policy policy states, and we haven't had one in the past, that we could loan money out of this fund and, in fact, forgive the loan, just like they're doing with this $134 million uh, loan in property sale. It it is very scary to me. You know, I've spent eight years being kind of a loan voice. Stephen Choi has been my great partner working with me. I have actually curtailed uh, three or four major uh, schemes Larry's put together. When I first got elected in 2002, Larry was working on doing a municipal utility in the city of Irvine. It would, have, bank- it would have bankrupt the city. I, I was a four-to-one vote, and I was able to turn that vote around and ter- re- uh, turn that over. A lot of his buddies and consultants were coming in, similar to what they're doing at the Great Park, trying to get, I, I believe, getting some uh, big, big uh, business out of that effort to the to the harm and, and to the detriment of the community. I was able to stop that. Then, of course, Larry's buddies all came in and created their businesses with the state of California, the Great, Char- um, Great Park Tree Company, Trees, Landscaping yep. mm-hmm. Company, all these companies, all Larry's buddies. Um, and when I brought that forward to the press and we started really digging into it, once it hit the press, within two weeks, they'd all pulled their filings with the state of California, and those companies left. Now, some of those people have big jobs, big businesses at the Great Park, but I was able to curtail that. And then, of course, going forward with the CEO process, you know, Larry is behind closed doors picking his good buddy, you know, really manipulating and dishonestly uh, running a, 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 a national CEO search for the Great Park that wasn't a reality. I had to sue the city. It took me a year, along with Stephen Schultz and the appellate court agreed with us 100% that we had a right to look at those documents. Once I did, 
clearly there were 25, at least 25 excellent candidates that they didn't even choose because Larry wanted his buddy. So it's just been one thing after another. He's just a schemer. But the sad thing is, is he uses tax dollars, the citizens' monies, to promote his own programs all the time, and they all seem to fail. And that's why I feel a little bit sad leaving because um, I have the, the ability to stand up to him and, and, and be very vocal about it. I'm not afraid of that. And so you're right. I think if there is a supermajority, uh, it'll be very difficult for Stephen Choi as the minority. I, I'm sure he's strong enough to really stand up and be as vocal as I have been. I don't know what's going to happen to the city in the next couple years. We're going into our, you know, we went into our budget process this year. Uh, we're, we have $25 million deficit that we finally balanced our budget, um, borrowing monies and making cuts. But within a year, when the new budget comes up in a year next July, we will have no reserves, zero reserves in the city to balance our budget. And we still have a $25 million expenditure. We have to somehow close that gap. I, I look down the road, and unless this economy becomes real vibrant really fast, I'm very afraid of the management and oversight of the, the majority that runs the city. But, you know, it's difficult because people drive down Irvine streets. They see our streets are landscaped. They see the wonderful schools we have. And so people generally aren't aware of what's what the undercurrent is. Uh, but we're sitting on a volcano, and eventually this is going to explode if we don't change this leadership at City Hall. If you're just joining us, this is the OC Show with Cameron Jackson right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My guest today is Irvine City Councilwoman Christina Shea. We've been talking about the Great Park, the Grand Jury Report that just recently came out on that. I'll be sure to post a link to that Grand Jury Report on my website. It's not very long. It's actually pretty good reading. Um, you know, <laughs> there's just... I am very, 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 and we just touched on this, but I am very concerned about the future of Irvine. I mean, I you know, we, it it troubles me to no end that we have uh, really a microcosm in Irvine of what's happening with the Democrats over in uh, Washington right now. I mean, they're just on a spend thrift. They think that the money just never ends, and they're, they're scheming to get more of the money. And, uh, you know... Talk to me about this new candidate that uh, that that Larry is bringing up, and the two slate things. The, he, you have two measures now that have come up, right? That that he brought forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to vote on whether or not we should give a million dollars to the schools, and what's the For other one? For the next two years, uh, one year is already in the process, and two more years, and then the the other one is the sustainability um, communities, sustainable communities initiative. There really, there is these, absolutely no need for these to be on the ballot. We argued, Stephen and I argued, why are you doing that? He just does this. He puts these forward uh, because he uses them as a tool to raise money from the private sector, maybe the employees union um, from the school district. We, we're not sure where this money is going to come from to promote these news and views magazines that come out to promote him to get elected. So he uses taxpayer dollars to benefit himself. Right. Let me let me explain this real quick so everybody understands what we're talking about. Sure. Uh, Every every election cycle, Larry Agron comes up with a community news and views magazine. It actually was Irvine World News last time. It's done by a guy mm-hmm. named Ed Lundgren. It used to be Bob Dornan before, or Ed Dornan. Ed Dornan. Ed Dornan mm-hmm. before that. He died. Um, and so what he does is he gets uh, 
two, usually two initiatives that he brings up for the city council that, that we have to vote on. Last election cycle was Measure R and Measure S. Mm-hmm. When it was the secrecy uh, and the one was, hey, are we doing a good job on the Great, Great Park, Park. Mm-hmm. right? And then two things that people are going to vote for, right? They're yeah, gonna, it's, it's really, not, I mean, yeah. everyone's going to vote for this. And then, he puts a, and then he puts a fake candidate up. And usually that last time it was Todd Gallinger. Mm-hmm. That was, well, he was a real candidate, but he was a <laughs> fake candidate. Fake candidate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so this time we've got the two new, and he uses those measures then to be able to raise money outside of your campaign contribution. Mm-hmm. Independent expenditure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's called an independent expenditure. People can funnel money into the magazine. Oh, they raised almost a million dollars to defeat me in 2008 when I ran for mayor against Suki. I, I raised 60000 They I think they spent close to a million. I think our team spent about 180000 and I only came within 2%, and Stephen Choi beat Larry Agron. Yeah. But it takes a million dollars because their credibility is so bad for these people to win. But they win because they can raise that money. Well, and they can, and they can put a newspaper in somebody's mailbox every mm-hmm. week, essentially, that says how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's the person that's running for him this time? Um, there's a gal who's running with him is Shiva. Shiva. She's I, and I forgot her last name. I apologize. She's on the Community Services Commission. She's a very. She seems to be a very nice, you know, quiet, you know, well-spoken um, a woman. Uh, but Larry loves to find candidates that run with him. But it's really all about himself. Right. It's really about making sure he gets elected. If they make it, that's fine. If they don't. It's also fun because you look at his history, some of the people that run with him, they put a lot of money in, but it's really benefited him and hasn't benefited them and they haven't won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, I love Larry. He gives us something to talk about. Okay, Mm -hmm. enough about him. Uh, You are on the last few days here. Tell me what what have been your best achievements as a city councilwoman and maybe what uh, some of the things you're like, ah, (laughs) I look the other way on those. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of my records. You know, I was elected in 92. And um, I, you know, there was one, the first thing I think that I recall back in 93 was when the bankruptcy, you know, was mm-hmm. we're having a problem with Citron and he was doing all these repurchase agreements. And um, we had this re- we had this arbitrage deal that he talked the city into with our finance manager. And I was so new. I had so much to learn. And he told me the scam. I have great intuition. And I said to him, I said, it doesn't sound right. How can we be making 6%? Everybody else is making 25 or 3%. He said, oh, trust me, we can do it. So the first year, um, I did some research, and I talked to an attorney in San Francisco who was an expert in this, and he said, as long as the bond market is, is okay, you're going to be fine. But when interest rates start going up, he said, get out of these deals. And they were annual deals. Well, the second year, the interest rates were going up, and the arbitrage differential was very tight. I voted against it, and within six months, the county went bankrupt, and we lost so much money. So I was proud of the fact that I did my research. I looked into, I used my intuition, and I was very careful about our dollars. We still lost the money because three people voted for it the second year, um, and we lost millions of dollars, actually. So over the course of, of time, I, I'm very proud of a lot of things I've done in our community with families and children, um, you know, supporting our schools. I, I, and I go out and speak to students. I'm very supportive of our public safety and, and been very strongly supportive of, of doing what we need to do to make sure our community is safe. 
So, I mean, I really see my signature on a lot of things in the city of Irvine. I think this last year has been, last eight years have been frustrating since I've been back because I've mostly been sort of this, I don't know, I feel like a little bit like Don Quixote running out trying to save and <laughs> catch these windmills everywhere. Um, and it's been tough, but I have been, as I noted earlier, I was, I've really been able to protect the public's interest, I believe, by stopping some of these schemes that Larry could have really endangered our community's um, financial well-being. And I'm proud of that. It's, it's been very difficult. Sometimes I feel like I've been run over um, quite a bit, like a, you know, a street roller that goes over the asphalt, you know, that someone's on my back all the time. And it's been very difficult. They've been very uh, impolite to me and very cruel because I stand up against them. So it's it's been a tough eight years, but I love public service. I think that if I didn't, I wouldn't have, you know, be where I am today. Friday when the filing um, took place, it was the last five o'clock on Friday was when you could um, uh, file for office coming up. And I had people call me the last week begging me to run for mayor. Let me do it again. I For months they've been asking me to run because I think I, in this environment I might... I might have been able to win, but I just didn't feel in my heart this was the time for me to continue. I need a break. It's been very difficult. Wait a minute. You could have run for mayor? Yes, I and could And you have. didn't? No, I didn't. I, you know, I'm just... Damn like, you, lady. <laughs> Come on. It's very hard to... to I, I work. I have basically three jobs. I work at the city. I do some consulting, and I sell real estate. So I have to... I'm no, you're, you're a lobbyist. Oh, uh, no, I'm not a lobbyist. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> I know. Kidding. That's yeah. what they call yeah, yeah, me as, but I'm not. I'm very careful Christina's about my not ethics. not a lobbyist. I, that's a joke <laughs> but um but, but consequently you know i have to balance that out my life that i have to work the three of them don't work and so it really to be the mayor is almost a full-time job and i just thought you know financially i just i just couldn't really do it and then plus run against that huge political machine no. like out of chicago i mean they raise a million dollars and they get all this money from contractors a lot of it from the great park contractors and they just have this circular money machine that goes on and i just thought you know i need a break i've just really done my part to i believe protect what i needed to do and i take an oath to protect the public interest of this community and i feel i have i'm not perfect i I, i'm sure there have been some votes people haven't appreciated but i really try to i believe in my heart do what's right for the community and not so much what's right for me or my political you know positioning so it was sad on Friday because at 5 o'clock I knew that the final decision had been made that I would not be back on the council. And again, I could always run in two years, so time goes by quickly. And maybe in two years people will want me to come back and, and help kind of get our, our, our house in order. But I think it's a good thing to take a break, and I look to develop my business a little bit more and and spend more time I have with my grandkids. I have seven grandchildren, oh if you can goodness. imagine. All these darling little kids that just adore me, and I adore them. So, um, and I'm a runner, you know, I have a very balanced, healthy life. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, one of my colleagues mentioned that uh, you look you look very vibrant and very, uh, <laughs> you know, very good. And it was funny because he was mentioning, he goes, yeah, but you look at Larry, and Larry just looked run over. I mean, he really looks like... <laughs> I'm surprised because I'm the one who feels that's been run over. Well, but, yeah. but, you know, I, I do go home uh, and a, learn you to know disconnect. What, well, and you know what it is, and, and it's one of the things that themes of this show is, um, you know, good really does always prevail. And I think that, you know, in your case, I'm sad to see you go because you are a lone voice over there kind of mm-hmm. crying out, not to wolf, uh, but you're crying out saying, hey, we got a problem here. 
And if you don't get replaced with somebody uh, as vocal, as, and I'm very vocal, and yeah. I, I think, I mean, people can vote a certain way, but I think it really takes a certain tenacity. And, and it's just my character. It's just the way my personality, I have that ability. When I see something going on or people being dishonest, it really resonates with me and makes me angry and I get aggressive and that that is a positive thing sometimes um, especially in public office when I really take again seriously my position that I am here elected to protect the interests of my community and I, not my interest but their interest and so I'm proud of myself that I believe I've been able to do that. Well, we uh, we thank you for your public service, and <laughs> we we do hope you come back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see what what time what time dictates. But I, I just hope that I really hope that when voters go to vote, that they will not reelect uh, Councilmember Agron. I think we need a new a new direction. We need new leadership, and I, I again I believe in term limits, and so I I would say that I would hope that that he may not make it this time <laughs> me too I, I will just say that so with that we will we will leave it right at that thank so, you so much for having thank me. you christina it's wonderful to have you in here and hopefully i will have you in here again in two I'll years look forward to it right thank when you. you're running again so uh, let's look forward to it all right ladies and gentlemen that's it for that's it for today i am cameron jackson this is the oc show right here on kuci coming up next it's uh half and half i believe so uh We look forward to that. We'll see you all next week, 5 to 6 p.m. Bye-bye.